0: In the name of, there's healing in the name of, there's salvation in the name of. The Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name. Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intepo of the Lighthouse Chapel International Light of the World Cathedral, Collegono. Bishop Intepo is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegonov. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message.
1: Hallelujah. Church growth. Church growth. Church growth. I cannot feel you. Church growth. Church growth. Hallelujah. Church growth, it is possible. Amen. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Father, tonight, impart the anointing for church growth upon us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Thank you Holy Spirit For a special night Of your wisdom And of your power And of your truth In Jesus name Amen Please be seated Hallelujah Now tonight We are looking at church growth and lay people. Church growth and lay people. Now, it is important for all of us to understand, pastors, that One pastor cannot build a large church all by himself. In fact, in my journey of allowing the Lord to use me to build a large church, this is one of the Conclusions I've come to that a pastor requires a lot of people to help him to build a large church. You will not be able to build a large church if you don't have a lot of people to help you. Yes. You will not. You will not. It is only a matter of time you will come to realize this truth. So that is why it is very important for all of us pastors to raise up as many people as possible to help us In the work of the ministry. Now yesterday. When I was speaking about. Church good and hard work. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Now based on all the things that we said. You ask yourself. How will one pastor. Be able to do that. How will one pastor. Be able to. To do that, it is not possible. It is not possible. That is why God has given a special wisdom. The wisdom of a pastor deploying the ordinary members that God gives to you. To help you in the work. How many of you are pastors? Can I see your hand? If you are a pastor, lift up your hand. You are a pastor. Good. Pastors, tonight I'm going to teach you what your work really is. Because many of you are not doing what your real work is. Amen. Amen. Do you understand that? And if you understand what your work is and you go back and focus on your work you are going to raise up a large army of people who are going to help you to do the work of God. Can I have an amen? And that key is the key of using lay people. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you the definitions of who a lay person is. And once again, I'm teaching from this book, Church Good, It Is Possible. Have you enjoyed this book? Alright. How many of you have bought copies? Can I see your hand? Okay. Get your copy. Hallelujah. Now, the word layman is from the Greek word lykos. L-A-I-K-O-S. Lykos. When we say a layman, the following are definitions of a layman. A layman is an ordinary person. A layman is a normal person. A layman is a commonplace person. A layman is a usual person. A layman is a regular person. How many of you have common people, normal people, regular people in your churches? Yes. A layman is an everyday person. A layman is an average person. A layman is someone who is not a professional. He's not a professional. So, for every profession, there are specialists or professionals and there are lay people. For example, in Ghana, we have a football team called the Blasters. They are the professional team. Now, the rest of the 25 million or so Ghanaians are all lay professionals, commentators. I mean, we all try to select the team. We all try to tell them how they should play. every Ghanaian has something to say about the Blasters. Based on our lay knowledge. Is it true or is it not true? Amen. Now, when it comes to medicine, there are professionals. The professionals are the doctors and the nurses who have been trained to treat people. But most Ghanaians, when it comes to medicine, they will prescribe for you right now. So, you have headache. No problem. They will treat you right now. Do <laughs> you understand that? Yeah. They will treat you right now. You say you have what? You have cocoa. Oh. oh. There's cocoa through. If I do tell you, this one is not, this one is not a, a hospital disease. How many of you have heard that? This yeah. Several years ago, I went to I went to Akwetia. <laughs> so I was there with my wife and my children and in the evening, I was quite bored. I didn't know what to do. So I decided to walk Along the streets. Then I saw this chemical shop. With a long queue. So I was wondering what was happening there. So I entered there. I was shocked. What I saw and heard. The chemical seller was sitting down. And people would come. Say, Master. My waist. And the pain goes here. He would take a concussion of tablets, painkillers, steroids, antibiotics, malaria tablets, jam it all together, and give it to them. I stood there as people came in and went out. So I decided to join the queue. So, so it got to my ten. So that I told him, I told him, I had something, something. So the usual concussion. Everybody the same concussion. So as it was given to me, then I decided to be a, a two known patient. So I asked the master, So why are you giving me this medicine? Then he said, I. Ah, why? Why do you want to know? Just take it, you be okay. <laughs> then I said, no. But well, why are you giving me this? Then I started mentioning the names of the drugs. They like just giving me pregnancy. So when I started mentioning the names of the drugs, he, he paused. He paused a little. Do, do you understand it? Then I realized that now his language was. Because it occurred to him that mm, this guy who is here. So I told him, You are killing the people. You are killing the people. He was quiet. He was afraid of. He was afraid because he thought I will close down chemical shop. But you see, what had happened is that he was a layman, but now he had met a professional. So a layman is not a professional. Yeah. Those of you have been waiting to see this chemical. <laughs> when I came back for my medical studies, I realized that my mother, my aunties. were all on a little tablet. It's called P. P. Eh? Do you see? You know, some people they lighten their skins. They use those type of things. I said, "What? It's one of the most dangerous medicines that you can abuse." So I asked them for what. They said, "Our joints." You know all of this and their joints. So they have been giving it to them for years. That is a medicine that is used under special circumstances and must be prescribed by a professional. If you misuse it, it can give you hypertension, you can get diabetes, you can get uh, ulcers, it will drop your immune system So when you get infections, you are in trouble. So many things. But you see, a layman was prescribing. Hallelujah. So how many of you understand a layman? A layman is someone who is not an expert. A layman is someone who is not specialized. A layman is someone who is not skilled. A layman is someone who is not trained. A layman is someone who is not certified. A layman is someone who is not licensed. So these are all definitions of a layman. Now, when it comes to the church work, they are professionals and they are laymen. The professionals are the pastors. The priests, the bishops, the apostles, the evangelists, the teachers who have been trained for the work of the ministry. And the laymen are the church members who God has given to these professionals. So there are two classes of people in every church the professionals who are the pastors, who have been trained, they have been trained to preach, they have been trained to teach, they have been trained to lay hands, they have been trained to counsel, they have been trained, you know, to help. And then, the second class of people are the ordinary members in the church. Hallelujah. Now, it is God's wisdom for you that, as the pastor, you would give skills to the ordinary people that He has given to the laymen. Do you understand? It? You equip them with skills in a way that they now be able to do, if not all that you do, most of the things that you do. Now, I need a lot of chairs. I need a lot of chairs here. I want to show you all what is happening in our churches today. Very quickly, please. How many of you want to sh- me to show you? Pastor, I want to show you what is happening in your church. You are going to understand what is happening in your church. Here, put it here. Here. No, exactly, no, no. Stuck it on. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Quickly. Church growth and lay people or the lay ministry. I need more chairs. Alright, I, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Right. Pastor, are you a pastor? Come. You see, this is this a pastor? God has called him to use him. But when God calls him, God calls pe- people to help him. God calls people to help him. But what it is is that many pastors don't have anybody to help them. And so they do the work on their own. So pastor, this is a ministry. This is a ministry. I want you to carry this ministry Carry it. This is your ministry. So carry it from here and send it to where this pop up stand is. Go ahead. Have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen? Many pastors, this is our lot. We are struggling. Only the pastor is trying to do evangelism. Only the pastor is trying to organize the prayer ministry. Only the pastor is trying to raise up the funds. Only the pastor is trying to plant churches. You cannot do it. The reason why many of you I'm not being able to build large churches is because mostly, mostly, everything depends on you. And it is not possible. Look, I can assure you that if he tries, his waist will lock right now. And even more dangerous. if he tries, he will fall down and this ministry will follow him and kill him. There are many pastors that the ministry is about to kill them. The ministry is about to kill you. Yeah? How many pastors have you have seen this picture? Is this the picture in your church? How many pastors? Hallelujah. But now watch. I want brothers to come. Brothers, come. These are all church members. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Help the pastor to carry the ministry from here to here. Help the pastor. Help the pastor. Look at the smile. Where's the pastor? Why Where's the pastor? look at him he's smiling are you happy oh, he's congratulating them every person needs a lot of people to help you that is why god has given you people in the church You. Can you carry it away? Listen. Please sit down. Huh? Look listen. Many pastors are resigning from the ministry. Yeah. Go on the internet, Google pastors, resigning from ministry. You see. In America, plenty. They are tied. So what is the way out? The way out is that you must give skills to your members and train them and equip them so that they can help you. Do you understand my sister? They can help you. Huh? Man of God. So they can help you. In the work. Yes. But do you know what? Listen to this. Many pastors don't allow their members to help them. Number one, because they want to be the superman in the church. When they appear, many of us pastors say, when we appear in the church, hey, it's not easy. Uh, Where are my bodyguards? I need bodyguards. Hold my book. And some of you have to. And people are trying to come to me. Look, I want to ask you: Are you a president? No, I want to ask you a question. Who are you? Are you a prime minister? Are you? Listen. Listen. How many of you want to know the true sign of a shepherd, of a pastor? The true sign of a shepherd is that he smells of the sheep. He smells of the sheep. Why? Because he's always among the sheep. He's always among the sheep, rubbing their skin. The insects are trying to buy them, so you use oil to rub, and you'll be taking out the insects and killing them. So the sheep are comfortable. He's among them. He's among them. So when the pupu is there, Do you understand when the ribby is there, a real pastor is. The, the sheep are not happy, he's not happy. They are crying, he's crying. Do you understand they have problems, he has. He, he cannot sleep. You should see us. You are prophets, prophet John, especially our brothers the prophets.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mercy, Lord. When he appears of his towel, hey. Hey. and the shoe is pointing to the north. And then he stands and waves his hand like this.
2: Hey,
1: if the prophet waves his hand in your direction. Hey, you are finished though. You are finished. <laughs> Listen up. That is number one. Number two, most pastors See the ministry as they are so present. It's like they are called. They, they believe that they are called. But the ordinary church member is not called. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But under the New Testament, every Christian is called. In the, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, not everybody was called. Aaron and his children, the Levites, were the people that were called to stand to minister in the priest's office. So do you remember some guys who went to touch the ark? Eh? Uzzah, Uzzah. The ark was falling. He wanted to help God. God said, you can't help me. There are people that have chosen to, call to help me. He was late. But in the New Testament passage, all believers are called. Yes. All believers are called. All believers are called. Matthew chapter 20 verse 16. Many are called. Matthew chapter 22 verse 14. Many called. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God before ordained that we should walk in them. All of us. Revelation chapter 1 and verse six. He has made us priests and kings. He has made us priests and kings. All of us. Every Christian in the under the New Testament covenant, is call. Call to salvation. Call to serve the Lord. But, some people have been called into a special office of the five-fold ministry. Apostles, evangelists, prophets, pastors, teachers, and the health ministry. So that is a special office. Do you understand that? So, pastors, you are not the only one that is called. The third reason why many pastors do not allow their church members to help is because they think that they cannot do it. They cannot do the ministry. It is true. I just told that they are laymen. They are laymen. So what can a layman do? He can't preach. He can't teach. He can't prophesy. You know, but that is why you are there. You are there to teach them. To turn them into workers who can be effective. And tonight, I'm going to teach you how you can turn your ordinary people to become effective workers. Hallelujah. Now, all throughout history, ordinary people have been used to achieve great things. All throughout the history. In the in the in the Christian world and in the secular world. Yes. Let's start from the secular world. The great governance system of democracy huh? Eh? was created, was fought for, created, born, controlled, and championed by ordinary people. Ordinary people rose up and said, no, it is not right for us to have a few elite people rule over us and tell us all the time what we must do. We must all decide what we want to do and what we don't want to do. Democracy is a government of the people, by the people, for the people. That is why in Ghana, every four years, we use our thumb power. Look, you can take anything you like from a Ghanaian. What you cannot take away from him is the power of his tongue. Yeah. Because the ordinary Ghanaian who has not gone to school before. Has the same vote. He has the same vote as the professor, as the doctor, as the, he has the same vote. In Ghana, to win an election, you need 50% plus one vote. Yeah, so you have gotten 50% too. Some farm might be hiding somewhere in Kukran, to me, or something. If that person can add his vote to you, you'll become the president. That is powerful. Ordinary people are. Democracy. Yeah. Amen. Revolutions like the French Revolution. The American Revolution. Were carried out by ordinary people. Ordinary people. Ordinary people. Ordinary people. In Ghana, in 1979, ordinary soldiers, they call them the ranks. You see, the ranks are the non officers. Now we have the officers and the ranks. Hmm. Yes. From 1972, those of you who are younger, let me give you some history. 1972, Prime Minister Buzia was overthrown by Colonel Kutu Acham, who later became general. General Ignatius Kutu Acham. And he formed the SMC, SMC, Supreme Military Council. They overthrew Buzia, who was a democratic leader of the country. And ruled from 72, is it 72? Yeah, 72. 72 till. 72 to 77, then there was a palace school. So his assistant, there was a General Kutu's assistant was called General Akufu. They did a palace school. A palace school that they meet in the office and say, From today, you are no more the leader. Just agree, sign, so that we don't kill you or just sit. So, an internal arrangement, that was it. Yeah. And his assistant, General Akufu, became the leader. General Akufu was a very nice gentleman. very nice mustache. Very nice gentleman. So, this was like 77, 78. Then 79, 15th May, I think 15th May, those of you who are older, support me with the base See, many of you are here, you are just Say, I'm a commissioner. You don't know where we have come from. 15th May, nineteen seventy nine. I was in secondary school form four. All levels. When we heard a hoarse voice, fellow yes, the the, the person was panting. The ranks have taken over the country. Rollins. Flight Lieutenant J.J. J. Rollins. He was 29 years. Who is 29 years here? Stand up. 29 years. Only that he was he was taller. But he was as slim as him. Or taller. Yeah. Yeah. I think he looked, son, he looked more like you. Yeah. He looked more like me. He was lanky. You even have a little flesh. Lanky, you know, fair colored. We have never heard of him before. From nowhere. Took over the country. Do you understand it? And one of the statements that he made is that the ranks have taken over. The ranks. that is, the soldiers who don't have uh, positions, they don't have ranks, they are not generals, they are not can- kernels, have taken. To- yeah! Ordinary, listen! When, when he formed his, uh, his government, uh, what? Uh, eh? No! A- AFRC, A- Armed Forces Revolution Council. When he formed it, it was he, Rollins, then Abuachi, John. And there was a private. There was a private. One was from up here. What was his name? Uh, Akapori. Atakapori. Corporal Akapori. It was a corporal. And then there was a private, Sakodiye also. The rulers of the country. <laughs> <laughs> private. The Bible says, Woe is unto you when your rulers are children. That is why our country is the way it is. When a private gets up, most likely he has not gone to school before. He says that now he is the ruler of the country. Because he has a gun. The only reason why I he say is the ruler is he has a gun. If you come close, he will shoot you. The President of the United States of America. President Trump, he has, he has done what we call executive order. That is a special order by the United States President to ban citizens of certain countries from going to America and certain things. Eh? A district court judge, a district court judge, got up and said, I strike out your ban." Not only in this state, but all over Africa, all over America. That is it. That is it. His ban is not working. He's done a second one. He did a second one about two weeks ago. Another judge, this time even from Hawaii. Hawaii is one of these, you know, islands that are attached as part of the United States. Ban it. You can't do anything. We a copra. Anyway, but the point I'm making is that they were ordinary soldiers and they ruled this country for 18 years. Yes. Well, the one is, they didn't go to school much. All of them. At the school. Yeah. The point I'm trying to make is that throughout history, ordinary people have been used to achieve great things. When you come to Christianity, when you come to Christianity, ordinary people have done great things. The great reformation by Martin Luther and all these other people which, from which today we have the Protestant church. From which today we know that salvation comes by grace and not by paying money you know, drinking the breaths of somebody you when you die, answer, when your relative dies and he's a sinner, you can pay for him to go to purgatory. And once in purgatory and you pay more and all that, then the judgment can change, then you can go to heaven. These were all things that the Catholic Church was teaching. Yes. And the Bible was written in Latin. So only the Catholic priests could read it. The people who attended church couldn't read the Bible. They could not. So they didn't know. So the church was teaching, you can buy your salvation, you can buy the salvation of your your dead relative. So like, your friend was in boozing, doing all kinds of murder. When he dies and you go and pay, instead of going to hell, you go to purgatory. And as you are paying more in sorting out, then the judgment can be changed. For him to go to. Matthew Luther was a Catholic priest. And he began to have problems with some of his senior people. And they said that he was not well. So, so they sent him To go and teach in a Bible school. To give me a more relaxed life and all that. And they gave him to teach in a Bible school, I think, Romans and Ephesians. Romans and Ephesians. And when he was studying the scriptures, then he realized that eh, salvation does not come true. By, by salvation, for by faith you are saved by faith through grace, through grace. So when he saw it, he said, "Wow, salvation is true grace. You don't have to pay money." They have a, they had the culture had a special milk. That milk was supposed to the milk that came out from the the, the Virgin Mary's breast, and if you drank it, no heaven it? Okay. No, this was the teaching. So, and the ordinary people in the church, they were not privy to the truth, but they didn't have the Bible. So when Martin Luther got this revelation. All right. Then he translated the Bible from Latin to the ordinary uh, German language. The language that the ordinary people could. When the ordinary people started reading, they said, what? Is this what we have believed all this time? They rose up and the Reformation caught fire. It was carried and championed by the ordinary people. It is out of the Reformation that we have what we call the Protestant Church. Yeah. Methodist, Anglican, all these churches. Otherwise, we have all been Catholic. We are the Catholic church, is a universal church. So, all of us have been drinking from the milk from the virgin milk. every day we we'll go and pay for our salvation and all that. If you don't have money, you pay on credit. Hallelujah. The great Methodist church the great Methodist church was built, championed, promulgated, promoted, spread by lay people. Up to today, the Methodist church has what is called lay preachers. My grandfather was a lay preacher. John Wesley sent them around on horses in circuits. Moving round and round and round preaching. Today the Methodist church can be found everywhere. I'm sure there are Methodist churches here. I'm sure. I'm sure in most towns of this northern part of Ghana, there will be Methodist churches. And in many of those places they don't have a Methodist pastor or a priest. There is just a lay preacher. Who is there? pastoring the people. That is why the Methodist Church is everywhere. How many of you understand the message? I'm talking about church growth and lay people or the lay ministry. I'm trying to explain to you that one of the reasons why you can't move forward is because you are carrying the weight of the ministry alone. Amen? The largest church in the world, the Yoido Full Gospel Central Church in Seoul, Korea, South Africa, founded by Dr. Cho in 1958. As at, as at 2008, when he was retiring, the membership of the church was 830,000 people. That church was built by lay people. Mostly to the cell system. When we go for the Czech go Conference in Korea, on, Friday, on Fridays, Dr. Cho invites us to a prayer rally at the Seoul Olympic Stadium or the Seoul football, uh, World Cup Stadium. Where he gathers one hundred and fifty thousand cell leaders, that is his church workers. One hundred and fifty thousand his leaders. The stadium is filled. Hundred and fifty thousand. Workers. Now, Doctor Cho is the one who introduced the cell system. And you know what happened to him? When he started, when he started his ministry, he decided that he was going to do everything. He called himself the Great Cho, the Great Cho, the Great Cho. Yeah. And soon. He became ill, out of the weight of the ministry. There were many times that whilst preaching, he collapsed. One time, he was baptizing some people, you know, and it was cold. So there was an American missionary who came and said, look, I want to help you. He said, no, 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 no. He was baptizing everybody alone. Some of them hefty women. You know, by the time he finished, he became so ill. Now later on, he couldn't minister. He couldn't minister. And he went to the Lord and prayed to the Lord and said, heal me. And the Lord said, I will not heal you. He said, he said, he said, it is going to take 10 years for me to heal you. 10 years. He couldn't preach. He couldn't do the ministry. He couldn't. He had a nervous breakdown. His heart would beat like 200 beats per minute. Yeah. And the Lord said, I will not heal you. It was during those 10 year periods when he couldn't do the ministry. that, As he had more time to wait upon the Lord, and the Lord revealed to him the secret of the cell ministry. One time, the Lord told him, "Let my people go. Let my people go." Then so he said, "Which people?" He said, "The people that I've given you to the church. Let them go. Let release them to serve me." Then so said, "But the people they don't know the way. They can't do it. I am the great show. I can do everything." No, he has a book. Got it? Uh, Successful cell systems. You read it. It is there. And then another book. uh, My Church Ghost Stories. Yeah. It was during those times that the Lord showed him the principle of the cell system what it means, and all that. And the Lord told him, let my people go. He showed the idea to his elders and his pastors, the men. They didn't accept it. So the Lord said, speak to the woman. And that was a problem. Because in Korean society, in all those Asian systems, women are not allowed to lead men. So he said, no. I can't do it. The Lord said, it will work. So he sold the idea of the cell system to the woman, and the woman accepted it. Yes. When you go to his church, 70% of the church workers are women. Women who are very great. Pastors, pastors, listen to me. Pastors, listen to me. If you want to be fruitful, make use of your women. Yeah. The women in our churches are more fruitful than the men. Why? Why? Number one, women, they believe more. Women believe more. Women believe far more than men. Women believe men are analytical. Men analyze what we are seeing, But women, they believe. Yeah. Number two, women are more loyal. Women are more loyal than men. Women will stay with you for 10-15 years. Within that 10-15 years, 10 men will leave you. Because men compete. Women don't compete. They are just happy. If a woman finds a job that she likes at the office, she can be there for 25 years. Men will be hopping from one job to the other. Is it Tulu or is it not Tulu? Number three. In the natural, it is women who have wounds. Men don't have wounds. So even in creation God created women to be fruitful. So you release your women. Train them. Two years ago I had a special uh, camp meeting with a lot of the ladies in my church. I call it uh, uh, the Deborah Camp. The Deborah camp. The Deborah camp. Where I trained the women. And I told them to forget about who married them, childbirth, and all that, and work for the Lord. And God will bless them. Some of my most wonderful workers are the ladies. So, within this period, he trained a woman and the church exploded. The church exploded. The church moved, when it started it was five people. It moved on, grew to 3,000, 18,000, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000, 250,000. When it became 250,000, it entered the Guinness Books of Record as the largest church in the world. And then it moved on. When it got to 500 people, the Lord said, if you can believe me, I'll give you more. So the Lord gave him 700,000. Then he moved on to 800,000. When it got to 800,000, he was tired. God the Lord said, if you can believe it, I'll give you one million. When he got to 800, he was tired. In 2008, he retired. When he retired, the church where he himself pastors, like here, all right, he took a new pastor to be over all his churches and gave that pastor 400,000 members. And called 20 other pastors and gave them 20,000, 20,000, 20,000, 20,000, 20,000, May you receive your thousands in the name of Jesus. May you receive your thousands in the name of Jesus. May you receive your thousands in the name of Jesus. No, Dr. Cho, he can take 5,000 people and give to you to start your church. In fact, in fact, As he was building the ministry, too many people were. So when you in fact sit down. His church is an amazing church. The building is of where he meets sits only 12,500 people. He has seven services on a Sunday. But he has adjoining rooms. And then they have a lot of branches that are linked to the service. I don't know why they understand it. Because People can't come to church. When you go to church, you don't have any place to sit. So most of the people don't come to church. Most of his members are in their cells, And they receive his messages and they give their offerings and their tithes. Without coming to the church. And it got to have time the people were too many that when the people come, they he would take like 2,000 and then give it to another ministry. Another minister, that, please, just take 2,000. To add to your people. Church growth. I see it happening to you. I said I see it happening to you. But you see the point I'm making is that. This great church. Was built by laymen. Yes. In our contemporary times. There are churches like that. The church of Pentecost. The church of Pentecost has over 20,000 branches. Far, far more than that. Spread in many countries over the world. The church of Pentecost. But did you know that, did you know, there was a church of Pentecost pastor here. Where is he? He, he, Yes. Yes. Why the one who came to talk to me? Please come. Where are you based? Salaga. Salaga. How many, who are you? I'm the district pastor. The district pastor. How many churches do you oversee? Uh, 31 for now. 30, 31 Church of Pentecost churches. Do they have pastors? I'm the only pastor. What about the rest? They are lay leaders. Lay people. You see, we are not teaching you theories. You know, listen to me. Everything that we have heard at this conference, get the series, get the books, we are not teaching you theories. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. Everything that I've shared, that's why, that's why I read from the books. That's why I, hold, I proudly hold the book. And read it from it to you. Because the things are real. Can you imagine 31 churches? He's the only pastor. All the other people, they are hot. Lay people, what work do they do? Some are nurses, Nurses? some are teachers, Teachers? some are entrepreneurs, Entrepreneurs? and farmers. Farmers, farmers, Farmers? yes. Farmers and others. And he's the only pastor. All the others are called elders. We have elders, deacons, and deaconesses. Elders, deacons, and deaconesses. These are ordinary people. He is the only professional pastor. The rest are lay people. Thank you. Yeah. Redeemed church of God. Redeemed church of God. The redeemed church of God... As of today, some people recognize it as the largest church. Yes? In the world. They are everywhere. I'm told that in Nigeria, every five minutes you find one. I'm told that in a building, first floor there's one, second floor there's one, third floor there's one. Redeemed Church of God. They have a camp. Meeting place. Eh? Do you understand it? I hear now it's about two miles. Yes. And when you give your life to Christ, they have this Friday Holy Ghost meetings or whatever that they do. They all gather. When they gather, six million people. Six million people. Gather. And when you give your life to Christ, you have to sit in a track to be driven to the front. And when they receive offerings, the offerings are put in tracks and driven to the front. Within Church of God, most of their pastors are lay people. Lighthouse Chapel International Seventy percent of all the Lighthouse Chapel pastors are lay people. Seventy percent. Bishop Doug himself was a lay pastor. He was a fourth year medical student when he started this church. And he was lambasted and blasted by all the men of God at the time. Yeah. They told him that he should focus on his medical studies. He cannot say that He's called. If he says he's called, he should go to Bible school. But God has kept him. Wisdom is justified by his children. God has honored him. They didn't accept him. They didn't accept him at all. One time he went to see a senior pastor. That oh he started a church, you know. He senior pastor said, "Have you been to Bible school before? Go to Bible school." Just concentrate on your studies, studies. Then, do you know what that senior pastor did? The senior pastor came to organize a big program near his church. Just near his church. Huge program. An established pastor. Yeah. He told Adam, another pastor, please come and preach in my church. He told him, we have ceased to sow in tongues. We don't sow in tongues anymore. Bishop Saki was a lay pastor. Bishop Eddie was a lay pastor. Bishop Saki was a lawyer and pastoring. Bishop Eddie was an economist with VRA. He was pastoring. I did lay ministry for 14 years. For 14 years and started six churches. Three of those churches today are pastored by bishops. I was a lay pastor. I was a doctor at Kolebu. Then later I went to start my own hospital. And I will close from hospital and go and do church. Close from hospital and go and do church. Close from hospital for 14 years. 14 years. Before I entered full time ministry. Lighthouse Chapel International largely has been built and continues to be built by lay people. Lighthouse pastors are uh, carpenters, engineers, market women, businessmen, lecturers, computer scientists, teachers, students—plenty students, university students—we have plenty, plenty. In the north, I'm sure some of your, your your lay ministers and the rest are farmers and people like that. Pastor, God didn't call you alone. God called you and God gave you people so that they will help you. So that you will not be like the pastor. How many of you remember the pastor who was here? Ne- never forget this picture. I showed it to you. I wish you took a picture of it. Hallelujah. So let people. Can build the church. You can build the church. And if you do not allow your lay people to be involved in the church, you are not going to do well. Hallelujah. Are you here or you go home? I said, Are you here or you go home? Let me share with you. A few evil things that will happen if you don't involve lay people in your church. Number one, if you don't involve lay people in your church, you are going to kill the Christian principle of sacrifice. You will kill the Christian principle of sacrifice. Hallelujah. The symbol of Christianity is a cross. The cross speaks of suffering and dying. God spoke to Abraham and asked him to give up his most treasured possession, his son. Don't listen to anyone who tells you that the day of suffering, sacrificing, losing and dying is over. The day of sacrificing, losing, and dying has come. God is requiring us to give up the treasure positions our treasure positions so that we can serve Him. The church is being filled with people who are not aware that God is calling them to sacrifice. Christianity is a religion of sacrifice. Christianity is based on the cross. Christianity is based on losing your life so that you can gain A new life. Hallelujah. Listen. The symbol of Christianity. Pastors. And church workers. The symbol of Christianity is the cross. How many of you know that? Yes. And the cross. Stands for suffering. And losing. And sacrificing. And dying. The power of the cross lies in the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ. Christianity is a religion of blood. Christianity is a religion of blood. The only religion that was founded on blood. Is Christianity. Jesus, the son of God, when he came to the face of the earth, he ministered for three years and he told the disciples, I must go to Jerusalem to die. I must go to die. He stopped. In the midst of all his preaching, he just stopped. Bam! And looked at the disciples and said, it is time to die. Peter said, you cannot die. He said, I must die. If I don't die, My purpose will not be fulfilled. And he was nailed to a wooden cross. Where his blood was shed. Do you know why his blood was shed? Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. When we say Jesus gave his life for us, that's what it means. The blood that he shed was an exchange. That was his life. Listen, your life is your blood. Your life is your blood. Your life is your blood. Everybody here. I can take a big ball size needle. And stick it into one of your big veins. Right now on this stage. And we leave you. You have about between 5 to 6 liters of blood. In the next one hour it will all drain. And in the next hour as we are all here. You will be gone. When Jesus shed his blood. He shed his life. And it is time for you and I. To also sacrifice. Sacrifice. Sacrifice our lives. That is what Jesus meant In Matthew 16, 24. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Verse 25. For whosoever keepeth his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Pastors, you must release your young men, your young women, in the churches to go and sacrifice to help you to build the church. Yes. 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 Without sacrifice, the kingdom of God will not expand. Yesterday, I spoke to you about the importance of the church. That a pastor... That the church stands for the light. It stands for the, for the truth. It stands for the salt. So when we plan the church, we allow the light of the gospel to appear. Our members are sitting in the church looking for blessings. And we the pastors, because we are carnal and we want money, we are always praying for them for money. Blessings. Let me ask you a question. That's the question. So I've been praying for them for blessing, blessing, money, cars, land. Look at them. Where, where is the money? Where are the cars? Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Our members are poor. Mostly. And we have been prophesying, talking, your house, I see your 24 cars. Hey, I see your 24 houses. Hey, for the past 5 years. And they are sitting in the church. When you don't allow your lay people to be involved in the ministry, you are killing the spirit of sacrifice in the church. This is one of the secrets for the expansion of Lighthouse and for the growth of the church. We send away our young men. Right in the North here. Did you know that? Listen to me. Most of us here are charismatics. The charismatic presence in the northern regions of Ghana in terms of Christianity is just about 15%. Yes. 85% of the charismatic presence in the north is represented by two churches. Life at Chapel International and uh, Fountain Gate. From Tejiman t- coming. From Tejiman t- t- coming. We should thank God for the Catholic Church and the Baptists and the Assemblies of God and Presby and the rest. Charismatic Church, zero. You only see the symbols of other religions. We are sitting in the church, comfortable. We are receiving blessings. We are becoming fat. We the pastors, we are nourishing our church members to become fat. It's because of our, can- our carnality. We are carnal. We want money. The aim of a modern day pastor, pastor, is money. 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 It's true. It's true. It's true. That is why that is why Many pastors refuse to come to the north. Yeah. Where are my graduates? Stand up. Yeah. How many churches do we have? In all the three northern regions now. 172 churches. We embarked on a project to build 100 buildings. We have done 70 buildings. I'm sure you see them when you go around. Sometimes in villages. Most of these people here don't come from this region. They don't come from here. Can't speak one language. We trained them for four years. And told them, Go. Go. Where nobody wants to go, go. There. Go. Go there. Gam people. This is a gaman. What's the name of your place? Huh? Your church? Pandai? You come from where? Alkaprim? Is on Paga? Is that Paga? Paga. What type of man are you? You are a Gaman. Teshi man. Burger. spread them. Yeah. It's not easy for them. Many of them when they take offerings, first offering, second offering, plus all encouragement, the move of God, power of God, angels come down to angels come down to lay hands, everything. Fifteen Ghana day. We have sacrificed them. Bishop Doug is always pushing. Let us, Let us go. Let us go. Let us go. Let us go. Yes. I'm just coming from Sierra Leone. We have nine young men. They finish university. We treat them there. Different towns. They started churches. They can't find jobs. It's not easy for them. It's not easy. But that is sacrifice. Jesus said in John 12, 24, except a wheat of corn falls into the ground and it dies, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it will bring forth more fruit. Clap your hands for these young people. Say that. Let us release the spirit of sacrifice. Sacrifice releases power in the church. Yeah. It releases power. Suffering. Our church members must suffer to preach the gospel. Suffering is part of Christianity, for it has been given unto you, Philippians one twenty nine, on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. It has been given unto you on behalf of Christ. So, pastors, we lead your young men to suffer, to lose something. And you, the pastor, you must be ready to sacrifice. Don't waste the church's money on yourself. Don't waste it on. You. Don't use the church's money to build your house first and buy an expensive car and drive when your church is in a dusty place. Bishop Dark ordered all of us, the bishops. He said, We have sent. Our children into the desert. We cannot leave them. Let us go and support them. Many of these places, we have we are built church buildings. We have built church buildings. We have bought land. We are building for them. Yes, we are building for them. You should see some of our bishops. The cars that they drive. 10 year old cars. 12 year old cars. Bishops. That command a lot of money. In their churches. But rather, they are using those monies to support missions. The building of churches. Right here. Bishop Koku here. Look at his church. Look at around. He can do wonderful things. This building is old. This a very old building. He can upgrade it. He can do his compound. Even his car is bought. What I said, Why is your car? Said, his car is bought. He is happy. Whenever I see him smile, he is happy. Do you know what he is doing? He's building churches. This bishop here, this bishop here okay, has built about 70 buildings in the northern region. He is not a small man sitting down here. He not a small man. He is not a small man. You better clap your hands for him. You see, that is why, that is why, he has the power and authority to say, "Come, I want to host a church group conference." Yeah, you see, people with titles say you are a bishop, you are apostle. What makes you a bishop? What makes you an apostle? What makes you a prophet? I want to ask you. What makes you? Because you have seen two dreams. Two dreams and one vision. You are a prophet. You are an apostle. You are a bishop. You don't, you, you don't understand what you are doing. You don't understand what you are doing. Yeah. You see, every charismatic pastor now is a bishop. And that is not enough for them. They have added doctor to it. doctor. We the real doctors. I'm a real doctor. Yeah. I went to school for seven years. Real doctor. I don't remember the last time somebody called me doctor. I don't remember the last time. Recently I went to a certain country and then they went to say they said bishop doctor. Then I remember that uh, I'm a doctor. It doesn't it, it build a church. Let's get to the job. Let's, let's be like Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, he was God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. So he decided, I'm God, but I'll be a man. Many of us pastors, your church members can't come to see you. They can't. They can't come to you. You are too big. They have to write letters. They have to apply. Dear whatever, can I, by your grace of the Lord, vice God, You advise God now. That is why you have thirty members. The pride and the arrogance of pastors is too much. Pride and arrogance. But Jesus said, "Learn of me, for I am humble and meek." The first week of every first week of August every year, Bishop Doug hosts a huge international pastors' conference. It used to be called the ISI. Now it's called Give Thyself Holy. I want to invite all of you to come. Pastors, hire planes, the charter planes, to come from all over the world. They come from Colombia. They come from. Brazil. They come, from Ind- they come from different places. They come from Russia. They come from Ukraine. Then when they get to the Kodesh, they open their mouths like that. Many of them have not seen such a church complex before. But do you know what blows their mind? What blows their mind is when Bishop Dad comes to start to preach. Because it's like the person who has done this thing, if he is coming, they must carry him. They are touching somebody with a palanquin. But if even you have five bodyguards, so what about him He, there, there must be a parade to salute him. He will come and stand there in his batik shirt, shoe. Stratus, Mike and who he will preach for hours. Many, many bishops have told me that is what has amazed them most his simplicity. The ministry is not about how pompous you are or how pompous you try to make yourself. Promotion comes from the Lord. Psalm 75 from verse 5, go in. Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh not from the south, nor from the east, nor from the west. God is the judge. He lifted up one and he put down another. Promotion in ministry comes from God. Increase comes from God. Growth comes from God. Everything comes from God. We have become too big. We can't sacrifice. Your church does not have a church building. Why are you living in a nice house? I want to ask you a question. Revit is to Anaba. Probably the greatest pastor the Lord has raised in this part of Ghana. For years. For years lived in a rented house. For years. Not that they say, I knew it. I used to visit him. I've been coming to the nonsense about the late 90s. Yeah. I've been preaching in this church since the late 90s. And anytime I came, I would go and visit him. I would drive to Boga to go and visit him. In a rented house. I remember once I went to visit him, he put me in his car and said, Doc, let me show you how the ministry started. Before it ended this way. Go and see the building, the church building, and the buildings that he has built. And the churches that he has spread across the whole of this place. It is only the past few years, four, five, six years, that he built a house for himself. That is why his church is solid. It's founded on a solid foundation. Pastor, I learned to sacrifice. Learn to sacrifice. Learn to lose something. How many of you are blessed that I've been speaking to you? I've been blessed at this conference. I could easily not have been here. I had to sacrifice. I, was, I told you I did a ministry for 14 years. Including running my own hospital. I had one of the biggest private hospitals in Accra. Forty companies. I was looking after them. Including Central Investing. Most people who went to Central Investing in the early um, 2000s had to come to my hospital for me to examine them and give a report. Before they were given admission. I was so rich. Because the hospital was my hospital. All the money at the end of the month, I pay my workers, pay my God. The rest was in my account. I was so rich. And I didn't have a wayside clinic. I had a hospital, 17 bed capacity of a VIP ward. Surgical theater, X-ray department, heart examination department, scan machine, laboratory that could, you know, investigate not less than 80% of all the cases. I had an ambulance. My ambulance used to take six minutes, if I referred a patient, to take them from North Kaneshi to Kolego. I was a doctor of 40 corporate clients. Farm milk, Latest Foam, Central University, Methodist University, many of these churches and pastors. I was their doctor. I was so rich, driving big cars, I, one of the things I didn't know was the cost of petrol. I never went to the fuel station. Yeah, I will tell my driver, go and fill. At the end of the month, I asked, how much is it? Then we and go and pay. Yeah. Then now, I began to feel that the Lord said, it's time to enter full time. It's time to give your life fully. Enough of combining. I want you fully now. And I had a problem. What should I do in the hospital? For 3 years I valued the hospital. It cost millions. Those we were eating millions. Millions of ganasis. Doctors came around, they couldn't buy it. I used to go back and forth with Bishop Dad. What can I do? What can I do? And one day I went to his office and he said, Pastor Andrefo, if you are really serious to serve the Lord full time, there's only one thing you have to do dash the hospital. No, because nobody was buying. Listen, I will sit at the clinic and I will get angry that their patients are still there. My heart was not there. My heart was not there. There. I'd rather come here to Tamale to come and have programs. Some of the greatest moves of God in my ministry have been in this church. God has used me in this church several times that I could not stand to minister. Nobody could. Nobody could hold me. You couldn't touch me. One time, I moved the whole congregation outside. This church. We ran around. I said, pick stones. Every stone is your house. You build houses. They are here. They are sitting. And the bishop said, dash the hospital. I went to see a doctor in that area. He had a little clinic. I said, come. Do you like the hospital? See, I like it. I said, give me something small and have it. That was it. I walked off. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. That's why today I'm here preaching to you. By now, she'll be sitting at the hospital. I should be sitting and writing right paracetamol. Tabs, P more. Eh? One TID times three over seven. Yeah. That's from here. Yeah. I had to lose it. And I remember years before that, years before that, Bishop Darf was standing on the stage at Colorado Cathedral, and I walked to him, and I said, Bishop, I really admire the anointing on your life. I want it. He put his hand on my shoulder and said, Pastor Antepo, if you want this anointing, you have to pay the same price that I paid. You must give up your medical profession. This was way before. Yes, you see, in your own person, they come. You shall lay your hands on me, and let your mountain follow me.
2: <laughs> they
1: are fighting over there. I have a couple of people. They are all waiting for this. The mountain it's not that easy it's not that easy it's not that easy listen even before Jesus had, before Jesus had preached one sermon God said this is my beloved son for him just to live God become flesh God said well done well done well done Amen. Amen. Eh? I'm talking about church growth and the lay ministry. Release your young people. Release them. Trade them. Train them. Your ministry will explode. You we'll have a lot of people. I've not been in church for the last two Sundays. The church is working. It's working. I have so many workers. So many workers. I can't do it alone. Hallelujah. Huh? How many of you are going to release your people? Release them. When you go to church, even this afternoon, I was driving with uh, Bishop Kweku. He wants to start a church you know, another branch somewhere. I said, let this your person go. One of his prominent people, I said, let him go. When I said, said, oh, Bishop, just as you have said, he will go cry. Send your best people. Send them. You see, in Christ, listen, to gain, you have to lose. When you scatter your young men, you are going to have branches of your churches everywhere. Number one. Number one, you are going to have more people. Number two, your income is going to increase. I taught you all that. Was it yesterday or two days ago? Yeah? So you don't lose anything. Look, my group of pastors we were the closest to bishop dad in the early 90s most of us are bishops now but we were his senior workers senior shepherds and young pastors and one day he, he looked at us and said listen i'm going to send all of you out to go and start churches we were not happy with him at all because you know why we were not happy we were used to the fellowship. We we're used to being around him. Yeah, send your people away. Train them and send them. Send them. Send them. Send them. You will do more. You become more fruitful. You will build a mega church. Oh yeah, you will build a mega church. Yeah, you will build a mega church. This Good Friday, watch Independence Square, you will see it. Only the churches in Accra and around, when we gather, we fail. Last year, President Mahama was there. And he said, he was there earlier, 6th March. He looked at the crowd here and said, I could not gather one sixth of this crowd here as the president of the country. The church is very powerful. The church of Jesus Christ is very powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two. If you do not involve your lay people in your church, you are going to kill yourself. You are going to die. Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. Now, Jethro visited Moses. Now look at me, pastors. Look at me. Today is the last day. So, can I teach you a little longer? Uh, Because tonight I'm going to lay my hands on you to pray for you, And believe that when I lay my hands, there will be an impartation. How many of you believe? Now look at me, pastors. One of the reasons why the charismatic church has not done well. Look, the charismatic church is a very small church. It's a very small church. Google my name. You'll see a research. Read it. You'll see what is there. Most of the Kaspati churches, Accra, the capital cities, a few district districts, distance, and it's finished. It's finished. It's finished. And one of the diseases of the Kaspati church is disloyalty. Disloyalty. Oranguism. Pastors, assistant pastors, brand pastors, who steal the churches. Including some of you here. Some of you here, you stole the church. The church that you are representing here is not your church. You stole it. That's why you are struggling. Let me help you out. Go back to your founder or your father and beg him and say, I repent. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He will do two things to you. The first one is that he may tell you, okay, bring back the church and let him have the church. Or he will say, it's okay, I forgive you. Go ahead. If you don't do that, you see, there's a curse upon your life. The Bible says there's a case in the house of a thief. <laughs> Zachariah, go and read it. There's a case, a case in the house of a thief. A thief is cursed. What is a case? A case is a frustration. A case is failure. You will never do well. What do a case? You never do well. That's why you are struggling in the ministry. You broke the heart of the man. You broke the heart of the man. Yeah. International Central Gospel. Bishop uh, Dr. Otabo sent a pastor to Kumasi. This many years ago. He went there. Powerful church. One day he came to the church and painted over the name of ICGC with a new name. Took over the church. Yeah. Took over the church, took over the pulpit, took over the equipment, took over everything. Big church. A couple of years later, the church members sacked him from the church. Up to today, that's not the ministry. Careful now. Careful. 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 Many of you are rebels. Rebels. The end of all rebels is death. Satan rebelled against God. He was cast down. Absalom. Rebelled against his father. He he sacked David from Jerusalem. David ran away. He ran away. He embarrassed his father. He lined up all his father's wives and concubines on the rooftop in the the public view of Elba and slept with all of them. Absalom. He was hanged. You'll be hanged. You, you'll be hanged. In the ministry, you'll be hanged. You're You'll be hanged. Yeah, Judas is He rebels against Jesus. He hanged himself. The end of all rebels is only one: execution. This is a deliverance service for you. Yeah. Tomorrow, go to your father. Tell him the church is true. It's not my church. You say, ah, but he sent me. He didn't give me any of I built the church. You went under his name. Come on. Come on. Do you know why I'm having this conference? Even many of you who have come here is the name Lighthouse Chapel International. Is the name Bishop Doug Cardinals. You don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know me. So, if I use my own name, Bishop, who is Bishop? There are a lot of Caspardy bishops walking around. Why should I go and listen to him? But when I say, a son of Bishop Dark, like I say, oh wow, that's why you're here. So my being here is not because I am anointed or I have a gift. It's because of the covering that I have. It's true. It's true. If I think I'm anointed, I should leave and go and start my own ministry. You say you are anointed. You say you are anointed. Okay, leave. Go and start your own brand new ministry, brand new name. Go and start your church, not ICGC. Go and start another. International People Church. Of the cross of Jesus Christ. Multiplied by two of people's apostolic denomination ministry. That's the name. Let's see what will happen to you. Now, do you know why I'm telling all these things? Because Jethro visited Moses. There are two ways of living a ministry the Moses way of living and the Jacob way of living. Jacob was a junior pastor in the ministry of Reverend Dr. Laban. He served him for 14 years. One day he just took off. Jacob just disappeared. Took some of Laban's church members, his daughter, grandchildren, even some of his gods. Stole some of his powers. <laughs> and left. Laban chased him and said, Do you know that I have the power to curse you? When you live like Jacob, which is what some of you have done, you run away. You took the church. You change the name of the church. You stole the instruments. You stole the members. The members that are there are not your members. All the members in Lighter Chapel International have only one pastor. His name is called Bishop Godman. All the rest of us we are assistant pastors. Because God calls Only one person. For you know your father Abraham and your mother Sarah who bear you. That I called him alone. Have you seen that scripture before? I called him alone. Hello. Azar three one. Verse 51. 51. Hearken to me ye that follow after righteousness. Verse 2. Look unto Abraham your father. And unto Sarah that bear you. For I called him alone. And blessed him. And increased him. I called him alone. All branch pastors here. God called your senior pastor alone. But he brought you up to help you so that you'll be blessed and through you it will be increased.
2: Thank you, thank you.
1: The sheep are not your sheep. Hey, it's not your sheep. Stop that. It's not your sheep. That is why in Lighthouse you can be transferred at any time. Oh, yeah. God used me to pioneer a big church at Sacramento. I was there for seven years. Five years as a lay pastor. Two years as a full-time pastor. I was there one day when I got a a call that the bishop wanted to see me. So I went to see him. I went to see him. He said, I have transferred you. Transferred me where? Kolegono. The Kolegono church, we have moved from there to Kodesh. 2006. And closed down the auditorium. Empty. Closed down. Then after one year, he moved a little branch there. So I have transferred you from this church to here. Yes, sir. Yeah. Prophet Kakra. They build a huge church in Kumasi. Huge. Bishop called him, move from there. Come to Sakumana. Yes, move. yes sir. I've been moved seven times. I'll be moved. Up. In fact, I'll be moved again. Even the church that I'm talking to you about—that my current church—I'll be moving. I'm going to to another place. You said to where? No, there's there's not even one single person there. On the Seal road, from Koligono, Seal road. Yeah. I'm building a new church building there. Twenty four plots. Not a single soul. I've been transferred there. I'm moving. <laughs> Many of you, assistant pastors, if you are transferred, you resign. You resign. You resign. Because you think that the church is yours. The church is not yours. Now, Reverend Dr. Moses, God called him Exodus 3. Do you remember? When God called him, he went to his senior pastor, Bishop Jethro, and told him, God has called me. He released him of his blessing. And he left. Several years later, in Exodus chapter 18, his senior pastor came to visit him. When you live like Moses, you open yourself for advice, for counsel, for blessings, for everything. Moses, was ab- I'm, I'm, I'm explaining to you what happens if you do not allow your laymen to be involved in the ministry. Number one, You kill the spirit of self. Number two, you kill yourself. And you kill them. Moses was about to kill himself and destroy his ministry. But through his senior pastor, and the way he left, he was going to get advice. From verse 12. From verse 12. And Jethro, Moses' father in law, took a burnt offering. Continue. Now watch this. Do you have any other version like NIV? NIV? Sorry? That's NIV. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat. Watch this. Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from morning until evening. Bible scholars tell us that anywhere between 2.5 to 3 million people, Jews, left Egypt. So Reverend Dr. Moses was a pastor of more than 2 million people. And he woke up in the morning, sat down from morning to evening. Asking all of them. Alone. Continue. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou alone? And all the people stand by thee from morning to evening. What is it that you are doing, Pastor? Why are you carrying the church alone? I told you. You don't have to carry the church alone. Moses, what are you doing? You see, we are in charge of the choir, high prayer, evangelism, everything. Sorry? M.I.D. Everything. You are in charge. It's not supposed to be like that. Tonight, God is delivering you. Hallelujah. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge? Why all these people stand around you from morning to evening? Then, listen, I gave you reasons why pastors don't involve their lay people. Is that not so? 13, Moses said unto him, because the people come to, seek to, come to me to seek God's will. I'm the man of God. Whenever they have a dispute... It is brought to me. And I decide between the parties and inform them of God's degrees and instructions. You are not the only one. Abba. All the problems you are the only one. You have made yourself the only man of God in your church. There are pastors who don't even have assistant pastors. They don't. One of the reasons is that they don't trust them. Oh, yeah. Because they are rebels. A pastor had a church of 1,500 people. 1,500 people. And he had an assistant. He went for holidays for two weeks and came back. When he came back, his assistant said, I'm leaving. He said, Oh, what has happened? He said, Nothing. I'm leaving. And he left. When the assistant left, he left of all the church members and left the pastor of 15 members. How many of you agree that such a person is cursed? How many of you agree with me? How many of you agree that such a person is cursed? Yeah, in a short time, a couple of months he died. The person who stole him, he died. But but you see, the there's is that the sheep is scattered. 1,500. Moses' father-in-law replied, verse 17, what you are doing is not good. When you are a pastor and you are the only person who is champion at that, it's not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. That's why I demonstrated that thing to you. You cannot handle it. give the Lord a wonderful cup of applause. You cannot handle it alone You cannot Look, remind me because I have to explain to you what is your work as a pastor Then we we'll close I'll end with that. So remind me, because if I don't teach you that one, the message is not complete. Yeah. Listen now to me, and I give you some advice, and may God be with you. Tonight, how many persons are receiving advice? Receiving advice. God is giving you advice. Teach them His decrees, and instructions. And show them the way they are to live, and how they are to behave. Verse 21. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men, who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. In other words, share the work of people. Share the bed, Have them serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. So, you are the professional pastor. The simple cases that the members have. Hospital visitations. I get what I'm saying. Uh, new convert school. Some counseling sessions. They can do it. They can't do it. But if there's a matter of threatened divorce among members, they can't handle it. You come in. How many of you can understand that? Yeah. At my cathedral. Every week I hear. We are going to the water region. We are going to the Eastern region. There's a funeral here. There's a marriage here. And my shepherds are moving. I sit in the church and my associates handle the wedding. I'm there. I'm there. One time one of my associates called me. Said, Bishop, we are going to bury the brother who died. I said, bury him. <laughs> bury him. I'm not the only one to bury. You too bury We're all buried. Yeah. My pastors, they do things. Oh yeah. Every month I've told them, because they have a lot of people in the church. Somebody has over 500, somebody over, over 400 in the church. I've distributed. The one church I've distributed into many chapels. So a pastor is in charge of a chapel, and the chapel is like 500 people. That's for him. And I've told them, everyone have a service with the people in your chapel. Preach to them. Lay your hands on them. Cast out them. Anoint them. Bless them. They do it. I'm, I'm not there. not there. Praise God. They should do it. They should do it. They should become great in the ministry. They should become great in the ministry. You see? You are privileged to be here. Let me give you some secrets of Lighthouse. This is one of the secrets of Lighthouse. Bishop Dark is not insecure at all. He's not insecure at all. Once he sees the gift of God upon your life, be happy. Flow. Do the ministry. Do it. He doesn't clamp down. Enough. You can't do this. You can't do this. He's having conference. His children were also having conferences. Last month also I was preaching for one of my colleague Bishop, Bishop Ogo. He was having an act of shepherding conference in Accra. Different bishops are having conferences. He's happy. He's happy. He rather said, when are you going to have your conference? Yeah. I was thinking recently, I was supposed to go to Israel with him. I said, no, I have to be Tamale for my conference. As I've been here, I've been sending pictures, different types of things. You see, because you cannot do the work alone, you cannot. Doctor Otabel cannot come to Bali to establish ICGC. There will never be an ICGC at Bali. He cannot come there. Look, there are hundreds of churches that Bishop Dag has not visited before. He doesn't know the place. Meanwhile, he has built church buildings there. Church buildings have been built. He has never stayed there. You can't do it alone. You will die. That is why you need to involve your members. Hallelujah. 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 So, Jethro told Moses, choose capable people. Some of them give them 1,000 people. Some of them give them 100 people. Some of them give them 50 people. Some of them give them 10 people to look after. When they have difficult issues, cases, let them bring them to you. But all the simple, simple matters, somebody has diarrhea, why should he come to you? I mean, somebody is having diarrhea, why should he come to you? For you, the pastor, to lay hands. Can't you teach your shepherd to be able to lay hands? I teach my shepherds at the cell meeting. I say, when your members are sick at the cell meeting, lay your hands and pray for them. Cast out the devil. I cannot come there. Four hundred cells. I cannot be running to every cell to lay hands. I can't do that. I can't do it, Pastor. That's why you are dying. Even your wife is not happy with you. Because by the time you go home, you are so exhausted that you sleep. You have been sleeping for the past one year, snoring. When she touches, uh, leave me alone. Look at you. She rather should say leave me alone. Rather you are say leave me alone. You don't have energy. When you try one round, after two minutes you'll be puffing. <laughs> you'll be coughing. She'll push you. Get up and sleep and leave me alone. Look at what you are doing. So she's not happy. Because you don't have energy. Allow your members to help you. So you can have some energy. When you go home, your wife will be very happy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number three. The next reason why you must involve your lay people is so that you build a mega church. Yes. Everybody is doing something small in a corner. When you put it all together, it's a large thing. Yeah. We have about 400 small groups. Many of them are self some of them are mini churches. I have mini churches. We call them satellite churches. Yeah. They are churches. They meet on Fridays. They don't meet on Sundays. On Sundays, they put all their people in a bus and bring them to the main church. It's called satellite church. And then we have cells. About 400 of them. The satellite churches is about 80 of them. Every one of them has a leader and assistant. A few of them, only one person. Everybody is doing evangelism in a little corner. Our policy is that every Sunday, every Sunday, from every cell and from every satellite church, you must win at least one convert and bring him to church. That's our policy. That is why every Sunday, we have not less than 100 convicts. how many of you have been to my church before have you seen it the converts who made the altar call? yeah this one is bringing one this one is bringing two this one we have church members eh in fact, until recently, we are having people coming from Medina. Yeah. And Nungwa to church in Kologono. We bring people from Awoshi and from Pambros. And there's a place called Bebeisi. Far from there to Kologono. I don't go there. Have trained soldiers, ground troops. Train your people to become ground troops. You must be the commander. You tell them, Go here, go here, do this, shoot this way, take this equipment, do this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lay people and church growth. Clap your hands for the Lord. As I end, how do you turn your members into effective workers? That is the work of the pastor. Now, every pastor, you have two jobs. Number one, your ministry to God through prayer and the study of the word. And number two, training people. Training people training workers. Look at our chapter 6. our chapter 6. I'm coming to the end of my message that we pray. How many of you have been blessed at this church go conference? God willing, next year we are going to war. Yeah. Reverend Chaba told me yesterday we should come to war. God willing. Brother John, next year, we are going there. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed? We are ending soon. I'm going to pray for you. But I believe that God is going to bless your churches. Yeah. If you go and do what the Lord has told you at this conference, the Lord will bless you. How many of you that God has told you a lot of things? Eh? Yeah? Amen. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a memory of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Now, give me the NIV. Give me the NIV. Can you give him the NIV? Acts chapter six, from verse one. Hallelujah. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic, the Greek Jews among them complained against the Hebrew Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It will not be right for us. To neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, two seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, will turn this responsibility over to them. And we will give and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Pastor, your first job is prayer and the ministry of the word. Hello? Pastor. Pastor. Word and prayer. Word and prayer. Word and prayer. Say word and prayer. Yeah. Word and prayer. Give yourself to the study of the word of God. Now, did you know that? Look at me, pastors. The first reason why people come to church your church. How many of you want to know the first reason why? It's your message. There are three reasons why people come to your church. The first reason is because of your message. The second reason is because of your personality. The third reason is because of the friends that they make in church. But the main reason why they go and keep coming is, I'm going to ask them, they say, you're preaching. Next time, go and say, why do you come to this church? They'll say, you're preaching. Dr. Cho, Dr. Cho, one time he disguised himself. He disguised himself. Because his church, you have to be in a queue before you enter the church. So the people were standing in winter, feeling very cold. So he disguised himself. And then started interviewing the people. Why do you come to this church? It's so cold. Why are you standing here? So they look at him and then they, ah, uh-uh, ah, but you, this is the first, are you new in this church? They were telling the pastor, are you new in this church? They didn't know you. May your church members not know you. Because there are a lot. There are a lot. So they told him, Wait until you enter the church, and wait until you hear our pastor preaching. You understand why we come here. In other words, his words, his sermons. Many of you pastors, you don't know how to preach. The preaching in your church is like chewing granite with stones. Stop all those antics and preach the word. I see something. You don't see anything. Shut up. Just teach the word. Stop shaking your hand. Jesus will oh bless you. <laughs> Preach the word. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Hear a little. I've kept you here for about three hours. You are here. I've kept you here since morning, old. Since morning. How many of you don't feel like you want to go? Yeah. Stop shouting too much. Shouting is not equal to amointing. Hey! What? Take it easy. You see that the O-double, You see that the audible preaching? Eh? He's there. He's there. Talking. Talking. Big church. One bishop dad is preaching. So, so one day somebody turned on the TV. He saw bishop dad preaching. Then he turned on the He said, is this preaching? The man is just talking. <laughs> Listen. I find that we're a good preacher is that your preaching is simple like Jesus. We all remember the stories that he told, the parables. We all remember. How many of you still remember? Simple messages. You see, that's why I've told you so many stories. How many of you have heard so many stories as I've been preaching? Yes. It helps you to understand the message. Some of you, when you are preaching, it's monotone. The Lord will bless you. When you open your listen and the word of God and I tell you and the cars and the Lord and the lawyers and what are you saying? 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 What do I say? The most important reason why the people come to church is the word. Is the word. Acts chapter 6 and verse 7 is the word. The word. The word. Feed them. Feed them with the word. Next time, when I want to get the opportunity, I will give you 29 things that you should do to enrich your preaching. Well, Acts chapter 6 and 7 the Bible said, and the word of God multiplied. And the number of the disciples. Yeah. So there's a link between the word of God being released and the increase in the church. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. Can I have an amen? Number two is your personality. The way you carry yourself in the church. Yeah. The way you carry yourself, your dressing, the way you speak, the way you relate, the way you love the sheep. Do you understand it? How you care for them attracts them to the church. And number three, the friendships that they make in the church. So as a pastor, encourage friendships. In some churches, immediately after the service, everybody runs away. Encourage them to stay, to know themselves, to talk to each other, make friends and all that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your first work is prayer and the word. Your second work is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. I'm ending. It was He who gave some to be apostles. Now, apostles, pastors, bishops, Evangelists, your work is coming. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Verse 12. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The work of the pastor the work of the evangelist, the work of the prophet, the work of the teacher, the work of the apostle is to prepare God's people, training them. For what? So that the body of Christ will be built. What is the body of Christ? The church. The body of Christ is here. so that, so the way to build the church is by preparing God's people so they can do the work. A pastor must spend most of your time. Training people. Yes. These are the two. These are the two main jobs of a pastor. Of course. You have to visit, you have to care, and all that. But that's why your people are there. You train them and release them to help you with the visit. How many other people can you visit? Train the people. Train them to preach. Don't be the only preacher. Train them also to preach and to teach. Give them the skills of preaching. Tell them that when you are preaching, preach from your heart. Preach from your heart. Don't preach from your mind. Pastor, let me give you a secret you should give me an offering before I give it, but I'll give it to you. Yeah. At any time, because Paul said, be instant in season and out of season. At any time, Bishop Nana said, if you are asked to preach, what are you going to preach? No, you are just, you are passing somewhere, you know, your friend will say, oh, please, can you preach for us? What are you going to preach? Always preach the message which is in your heart. The best message is the message which is in your heart. Not the message that is in your mind. In other words, not the message you have
2: memorized.
1: It's what I've been preaching. As you can see, three hours I've just been talking. Okay, so it cannot be here. It's here. If I put you here to preach about megachurch and lay people. Based on what you have heard, you'll be able to preach. Thirty minutes every time will finish. To so finish. Amen. So teach them when you are preaching, preach out of your heart. Number two, preach ex tempo. And preach in a charismatic manner. Under the inspiration of the Spirit. When you are preaching, make eye contact. Look at the people. When you are preaching, vary the tone of your voice. So there are times that it is important for us to serve the Lord. You must sacrifice. Because without sacrifice, there is no power. Amen. Congregation interactions. That's why I come to you, and I, I touch you. Congregational interaction. I involve you in the preaching. So you teach them how to preach. You teach them how to study the word. You teach them how to pray. You teach them how to do evangelism. Teach them all this, and then release them. Teach them how to start a church. Recently, I gathered some of the, these missionaries. I told them, everybody bring two people, five people. Anybody? They brought the people. And over a three-day period, I train them and release them. They are going to start churches. 153 already. New churches. Train your people. Train them. Train them. The reason why there are apostles, there are prophets, there are pastors, there are teachers, is so that they would prepare God's people. For works of service. So that the, the body of Christ, which is the church, will be built. So your church is not built because you have not trained anybody. You are the only superman in the church. When you travel, your wife is the one who stands. And your wife doesn't know how to preach, she stands in the pulpit and quarrels. Those of you, white women here, who, when my wife is, my husband is preaching, you have been looking at him. Today it's not a You see. But I'll tell you. Hallelujah. And release the people. Passes. God has given you people. Train them. Train them. Prepare them. Prepare an army. Right now as I'm speaking to you, I'm preparing 300 young people. are yes, very young 18 years, 20, 25, 24, 17, 16. young people. I'm training them. And I'll release them. I'll release them. I'll pair them up. Some of them are 14 years, 15 years. So I'll pair them 14 and 15. So when they go, they will witness to their own 14 and 15 years. Our youth church, Sunday attendance is 1,000. Yes. I have young people who are serving this. They come to church with an urban bus with 20 people in it. You see, 14 years, 16 years old. Because you bear fruit after your kind. You bear fruit after your kind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah!
2: Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
1: Church growth. It's possible. Now, we have said so many things that we must do. Church growth and Gethsemane. Church growth church planting. Church growth and hardware. Church growth and anacazo. Reasons why we have church growth. Church growth and lay people. All kinds of things. But underlying it all is the involvement of the Holy Spirit. There can be no church growth without the involvement of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said in Matthew 9.38, the Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. Church growth is a result of the actions of the Holy Spirit. Immediately the Holy Spirit came on earth. The church started going. From 120, 3,000 were added, 5,000 multitudes. Towns, whole towns were added. So in your journey toward the church, God, you must desire the help of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray for you. I pray for you. I pray for you. That God will anoint you for church growth. Lift up your hands. Stand to your feet. Tonight, we are going to pray. And this is the prayer. You are saying, Lord, anoint me for church growth. Anoint me. Give me the church growth anointing. Give me the church growth anointing.
0: have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Light of the World Cathedral Collegium. Opus is a college main game. Please note our service times. English services Early rain service 6.30am to 8.30am His presence service 8.30am to 10.30am and love and faith service 10.30am to 12.30pm Other languages